Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. So that song is powerful. That song is brilliant because it just, God's love defies logic. It defies all logic and reasoning. They say the closest that we can get to understanding God's love is parent to child. That's the closest. But, but when the Bible says that his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher, you think, well, I'm not God. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's powerful. And uh, you, so this, this morning, if you don't know me, my name's Ben. Uh, I'm one of the, the pastors here at Global. Um, and I'm carrying on a message from last week um, called Immersed in Love. And a few weeks ago, Tom brought a brilliant message called Immersed in Grace. And I liked immersed. I like the idea of immersion because it covers everything. It saturates everything. It's not like a little, you know, it was raining this morning. It's not like a little drizzle or a little, you know, it's like you are fully, fully covered. And last week... Uh, I was talking about immersed in love, and instead of calling it part one and part two, last week um, I would name the revelation, because it's understanding what love is, and I talked about how love accepts, and how love is personal. And, um, and this, this week I've titled it Immersed in Love, The Transformation, because it's that, what happens next? What does love do? Last week, I talked about love just accepts, that it just accepts you just as you are, and that it's personal. And if you were here, you'll remember I was also talking about how much I loved a cup of coffee. And I started applying uh, kind of uh, 1 Corinthians to that cup of coffee, where it's that love is patient, love is kind. Well, that's a bit silly because it's a cup of coffee. But actually, when it comes to people and God loving us, love is personal. And, um, And so today... I'm to, my, my third and final point is love transforms. It transforms. So it, it accepts, it's personal, but then it transforms. And I'm going to start off by, I've been pulling everything out of the parable of um, the prodigal son, or the lost son, which is Luke 15, 11 to 25. So just to recap us, because I know six days have gone past, and uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to reread this story and then pull a few bits out. So in verse 11, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And I said that was a bit like going on a gap here. Um, So, after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine. Sorry, after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. 
I will go, go out back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And I love this story. I know it's, it's, it's really, really well known. Um, so I love, I love this story because when Jesus is telling it, in the context of Luke 15, he's talking about how the kingdom of heaven works and how God the Father works. And, um, and so this is the third of three parables where it's basically looking at the lost being found, the lost being searched for, the value of the lost, how the lost are accepted. And you think that's, that's great. So last week I'd said, you know what? Jesus loves you so much, he accepts you as you are. But this week I'm looking at Jesus loves you too much to leave you as you are. Because love transforms. So the first thing I want to look at is the robe. So he comes back to the father, or the father runs to him. And as he's doing his speech, and if you've ever been in trouble with parents, or if you are a parent and your kids are in trouble with you, you will know that there is normally a speech that may be well prepared, well rehearsed, to, to kind of excuse them of all wrongdoing. And as the son's going through this speech, the father interrupts. Because he's not bothered about what the son's got to say, he's just pleased the son is back. He's not bothered about the condition and the state that the son has approached him in. He's run to him and embraced him because he just loves him so much. The first thing he does is he puts a cloak around him. It says the best cloak. This is important because what I've done is I've broken this down into subpoints. The robe, oh, I've called this one the robe because the father covers the son. He covers him. So the son, you've got to think, he's, he's Jewish and he's been feeding pigs. And he's Jewish and he's been living with the pigs. And he's been wanting to eat the pig's food. And for a Jew, that is, I mean, they don't, they don't even eat pork. They miss out on like, things like bacon sandwiches because, they, because pigs are seen as so unclean. I mean, that's it. If you're going to miss out on a bacon sandwich, it needs to be a good reason. You know, <laughs> unless you're a vegan, in which case there's exits here and here. <laughs> joking, joking. But he, I know, yeah. If someone actually got up and walked out, I'd be sorry, Tom. Um, so the father covers him. He gets the best robe and he covers him. What's he doing? He's covering his situation. More importantly, he's covering his mess. He's covering his mistakes. When Jesus is telling this story, we are the son. And the father covers us. 
So when there are those thoughts of, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I could never go to church because the Father has covered it. Isaiah 61.10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Righteousness is, to be, is being made right with God. The father took his old state, the state that the son was in, and made it new. And that's what he does with us. He takes our state and he, and he makes us new. And it, and it sounds so easy. It sounds almost too easy. And if, like me, you didn't grow up in church, when you first hear it, you think, no, 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 because there's consequences. There's always consequences. You know, or you've got to kind of work to get it right. And last week I was talking about performance. The thing about reckless love that we've just been singing about, the thing about being immersed in God's love is that it's not performance-based. And when we're so, so used to going to job interviews and you, know, you go on a date and you put your best foot forward, um, it's all about performance. With God it isn't about performance. It isn't at all. It'd be a bit like hitting delete on a computer. If you've ever done something on a computer, you haven't saved the work. Anyone ever done that? Yeah. If you've been at university in the last kind of 15 years, I guarantee it'll have happened to you. Um, if you're working on an assignment at work, if you're even just doing something on your phone and it crashes and it deletes what you're doing, and it's like, how can it just disappear? That's what God does with us. He hits the delete button. What we have to work on is that we don't have a delete button in our mind. We have a memory. And our memory will remind us. And it'll say, hey, 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 hey. We know what we know what the Bible says, but actually, and that's where we've got to stop with we know what the Bible says. If, if we confess our sins, God's faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. It's too easy. It's too easy. How can that be? It's not too easy. It cost God everything. He sacrificed his son. But he loved us so much. And he loves us, sorry, so much. He sacrificed his son to make it easy for you and I. That's what he did. It cost him everything. And yet all we need to do is step out in faith. And put our trust in Jesus. Hebrews 4, 15, 16 says, for we, do not, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. The high priest here is Jesus. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just look through the Gospels. You think, he came to earth and it wasn't easy. <laughs> He's been tested in every way, tempted, sorry, in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love that confidence. You walk into to church buildings, you go into the minster and it's all very like, it's hushed and it's all very like quiet. And I think, no, no, this is, this is, this is powerful. 
this, is, this isn't a time to be all, oh, meek and mild. No, I'm just. It's like, no, 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 you've been bought at a great price. So let's, let's be happy about that. What's the next thing he does? He puts a ring on him. So we've got the robe, which covers, thanks. Someone's, someone's happy. Someone, no. We've got the, the robe. The robe covers us. It covers our mistakes. It covers our failures. You know what? It even covers up our successes. Why? Because we're getting right with God. It covers us totally. The next thing we have is he puts a ring on the, sorry, the father puts a ring on the son. What's he doing with a ring? He's confirming his identity. So I've got a ring, and this shows that I'm married. And uh, I don't always wear it, which really drives Lynn up the wall. Um, but I haven't lost it yet, so that's a win. Um, but it confirms, it confirms something about me. It's part of my, it's, 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 some, it's a way to identify my state. When the son has a ring put on him, the father is confirming his identity, not as a servant hand. Remember, he was coming back and he was like, I'm going to be like one of the servants because I'm not good enough to be in the family. No, 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 no. You are in the family. You are in the family and the father's confirming it. So what's your identity? What's your identity? I'm talking about being immersed in love and, and we went back into that song because I want, I want the penny to drop that it's not just a concept or a theory, that it actually applies to every individual. Because it only makes, it'll only It'll only change your life when the penny drops. We don't believe in behavior modification. We believe in heart transformation. So the heart needs to be transformed. So what's your identity? And people search for identity all the time. Um, They find their identity in their job, in their role in family. Um, They find their identity in their successes. Find their identity in failure. Nothing will match your identity like your identity in Christ. Nothing will match it. But you don't understand, I'm a really good mum, I'm a really good father, I'm really successful at business. That is nothing compared to your identity in Christ. On the good days, you've got your identity in Christ. On your bad days, You've got your identity in Christ. What is your identity in Christ? Let's go to Galatians 4, 4, uh, 4 to 7, where it says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those. Just, I'm doing the maths for you. <laughs> to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption. Say adoption. Adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls, us, who calls out Abba, Father. Relational. It's not, not a concept now. It's not a, it's not a religion. It's not a law. It's, it's personal. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. You are God's child. You are God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. The message, I always love the message. 
Because <laughs> it just says it, but it just says it a bit simpler. <laughs> In verse 7, it says, And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. What's God's inheritance? It's everything that the kingdom of God is. It's the freedom. It's the victory. It's the forgiveness. It's that you can boldly approach him. Not with a head down or with with any shame or with any, I'm not good enough. No, 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 no. You are more than good enough. You are adopted. Adoption is different to fostering. Adoption, a fostering, is where you're there for a period of time. Like a legal guardian for a period of time. Adoption is a change in legal status where you become a child within that family. You become a legal part of that family. You cannot be unadopted. You cannot. So this morning, you might think, but I'm just not good enough. I'm just not... I, I, I just... It sounds too easy. Or you might think, but I've lost it. You think, no, no, you've been adopted. Your legal status has changed. If you're in Christ, it has changed. This is where our confidence comes from. You know, I go to my parents' house, and uh, I do it less now, actually, but um, I used to go around, and and it's great when you go to your parents' house, and if you've got grown-up kids, you'll, you'll... be on the receiving end of this, because you, you can walk in and, um, and help yourself to the fridge. <laughs> put the kettle on. Put the TV on. Put your feet... It's great. Yeah. It's brilliant. Why can I do that? Because I'm part of the family. Yeah. So, I have, so I can do that. And they'll let me do that, because I'm part of the family. You're part of God's family. You come boldly into his presence. You come boldly. When, when it's a bad day, you go boldly into his presence. When it's a good day, go boldly into his presence. When you've messed up, guess what? Go boldly into his presence. Why? Because we're immersed in love. The son returned to the father. It says when he came to his senses. I like that phrase. When he came to his senses, when he realized, oh, I just need, I just need to sort my thinking out. What have I done? I've been an idiot. Yeah, I've been an idiot. I'm not an idiot, but I've been an idiot. And he returns to the Father. I remember when I responded in in church for the first time. I was 18 years old. It's 15 years ago now. And and it was just that. I just don't, I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't fully understand it. But you know what I thought? I thought if it's true, it's too good an opportunity to miss. Like if it's true, if it's, God, if you're really there, what does it even mean to be adopted in? And the advice got was, just try it. Like, just try it. Because you don't know if you don't try. We'll try loads of things, you know, and you think, just try this. So, again, but you don't understand, Ben. You don't understand where I've been. You don't want to understand what I've done. I'm, uh, I'm an alcoholic. I've had an affair. I've been divorced. I lose my temper all the time. I lie. I steal. You don't understand. That's not who you are. That's just what you've done. The son lived with pigs. He wasn't a pig. He lived with them. 
He was, he was tempted to eat their food. He wasn't a pig. Regardless of what you've done, that's not your identity. Oh, but you, you don't understand. I don't need God. I'm, I'm a successful businessman. I've got, I'm a successful businesswoman. I've got a great job. I've got a, you know, I've got a great life. That's not who you are. You're a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. And, and until you step into that, you can't access what he's got. But the moment you accept him, guess what? You get the inheritance. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is here. I like that the new is here, because there's an exclamation mark up there. Because it's a statement. It's not an opinion. It's not a thought. It's, it's a statement. It is done. It is banked. It, it is like your new creation in Christ is a little bit like going to buy a house, speaking to the solicitors who've got all the deeds, and it's that we want to buy that, except they say, oh, no, no, no. Your name's already on the deeds. It's already a done deal. It's like walking in to take an exam and finding actually Jesus did the exam and he got the A, and that's now yours. It's like walking into a job interview. Can you see where I'm going? Walking into a job interview. And instead of them quizzing you, it's like, oh, no, no, no. The contract's on the table and your name's at the top. All you need to do is accept it and sign. It's already done. Done and dusted. Stop going back to the past. Stop dragging up the mistakes. Stop making arguments as to why God won't love you. Because he does. He always has. Since the beginning of time, and I talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go back into it, but you need to listen to last week's talk if you weren't here. It is done. As Jesus said in his final words, it is finished. Stop trying to add to it. The next thing he does is he gets him some shoes. That's an interesting one. Some people down here are interested. They're like, ooh, shoes. <laughs> yes, I think those people were women. Anyway. Now, ladies. In fact, I could just talk to Lynn for this one. Shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for the first time today. Shoes are important. The right shoes are important. Yeah. There we go. Lynn and Carrie Ann, there we are. The right shoes are important. If you wear the wrong shoes, you're in trouble. We were out in town yesterday afternoon, and, uh, and there was a lady doing the, um, I don't know, the obligatory change partway through um, a day where you see these huge, ornate heels, and then all of a sudden, out come flip-flops. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, because she knows she needs to put the right shoes on. Now, because her feet are saying, no no more of that, I am so pleased high heels are not a fashion for men. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I need them, but I'm not going to wear them. So, why does it mention sandals? Two reasons. Shoes are what you stand on. And shoes are where you go to your destination. So what do you stand on? The father changed what the son was standing on. He changed what was on his feet. What do you stand on? Do you stand on Jesus? 
Do you stand on his victory? Do you stand on his love? Do you stand on his freedom? And where are your feet taking you? What direction are you going in? In Romans 2, it says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Repentance has had a really kind of bad rep as a word because it's like, you've got to repent. And you think, oh, right, yeah, here we go. And it's that, no, 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 repent is change of direction. So I was going in that way and I'll repent and I'll go in that way and then I'll repent and I'll go that way. That's what repentance means. It's to change direction and it's God's kindness that leads us to that. Not telling everyone that they're doing everything wrong or that we've got it all together and they haven't because that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lie for myself. I wouldn't possibly put that. You all look absolutely brilliant this morning in the dark. Um, <laughs> But it's God's love that transforms us. It was the Father's love for the Son that caused him to run to the Son, to embrace the Son, to cloak the Son, to put a ring on the Son, and to put shoes on his feet. And it's God's love that does that for us, that covers us, that tells us what our identity is, and that changes our direction. See, this is why it's important... Because this is how lives change. It means that because we're saved for a purpose, we don't live life how we used to. See, Jesus loves us so much, he'll accept, he accepts us just as we are. But he loves us too much to let us stay as we are. If you had a baby... And you didn't, and you, and you, you were like, oh, I, they need to walk, really, but I don't really want them to walk. Like they, they, they don't really like it, and they're so happy just as they are crawling. Like they're just so happy. I don't want them to change. It wouldn't be doing them any good. You want them. I remember. I remember when uh, <laughs> I was I was at Sixth Form College. Sixth Form College is like the worst place to go to if you don't have any uh, discipline or motivation to study. Because they kind of let you get away with whatever. And then if you don't pass, it's like, ah, tough. And then I remember my parents being like, you've got to. Like, you've got to. And I was like, I don't want to. No, you've got to. It's good for you. It'll do you good. In a few years, when you've grown up a little bit, you'll thank us. I didn't listen to them and I had to learn the hard way. But... But Jesus loves us too much to let us stay as we are because he knows our potential. He knows our value. And he says, we're better than this. He's got better for us than this. And you can go through and it's, it's wrong. You know, the Bible talks about don't get drunk. But people then don't talk about why. They don't read the next bit. Says which leads to all kinds of debauchery. Who's ever made a bad mistake? Oh, don't put your hand up. <laughs> but if you've ever made a bad decision after a few pints, you know. Don't get drunk because it leads to all kinds of debauchery. All right. Sex outside of marriage. Oh, it's first thing in the morning. Well, it's not actually. It's half, ten, half 11. So we, we can talk about that now. No. Sex outside of marriage. Well, God's just a killer. No, he isn't. He invented the orgasm. Like, he designed it. He's good. But what he says is, you're too valuable to go with them and them and them and them and them. It'll do too much damage. 
it'll leave too much, too much baggage up here. And the person that you will eventually be with is so valuable that they're too valuable for sloppy seconds. You think, ouch. Yeah, but this is the why behind. Oh, but I've done all of those things. That's fine. Because God covers us. God covers us. He knows our value. He knows our potential. He knows our identity. We're saved for a purpose, a mission, a life that is bigger than what we've got right now. Romans 10, 12 says, For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. I'm going to quickly, quickly move on because there, there, was, there was a couple more, a couple more things. When Jesus said to go into all the world, he didn't include an asterisk. He didn't say, except. Go into all the world and make disciples. But, but Ben, you don't understand those people. I just don't like them. I just don't like them. Um, they're posh. They're poor. They vote Tory. They vote Labour. They're Muslim. They're gay. You just don't understand. No, no, no. Jesus didn't include an asterisk. He just said, go. He said, go. This is what I love about our church is that it's looking outwardly. It is on mission. Oh, you don't understand. I would never go to church. It's just not my thing. Then you will fit right in. My last, the last thing that I just wanted to pull out was the stake. So there was the cloak, or there was the robe, the ring, the shoes, and the stake. What's the last thing the father does? He throws a party. He throws a party. Get the fattened calf, because we're going to celebrate. We're going to party. Why? Because this son of mine who was lost is found. Who was dead is now alive. Every time somebody becomes a Christian, heaven parties. In fact, Jesus parties. In fact, he parties. He, he parties with people so often they accused him of being drunk. He wasn't drunk. He knew where the line was. He never sinned. But he wasn't afraid to be with them. He wasn't afraid to go reach them. They didn't make him look good. The Pharisees didn't like it. The religious leaders looked down on him. But that didn't stop him because he was on mission and he was on purpose. And we're called to be the same. That we love God, we love life, and we love people. But we can only do that when we know that we are immersed in love. That we are accepted. That God loves us personally. And as it starts to transform us. If you want to close your eyes and bow your heads, I'm, I'm coming to, to the close. Um, but I want, to do, I want to do a response. In fact, I, I'm going to do two. We do one every week. 
for people who've never, ever accepted Jesus. Who've never accepted him um, because I can't talk about God's love without giving you an opportunity to experience it for yourself. It's too good to miss out on. If I went to a great restaurant, I would tell everyone about it so they could experience the food. If I went to a great coffee shop, I'd tell everyone about it so they could experience it. God's love is so much more. It is life-changing. It doesn't just change our life, it changes our eternity. And if this morning you have never accepted Jesus, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I want to invite you to step out in faith. And you can do that simply by raising your hand. It's not a big action, it's not a big gesture, it's, it's not embarrassing, it's just saying, God, if you're there, if Jesus died for me, I want to experience that. I want to know, I want to know that for myself. If that's you, you do that now. Brilliant. And for the, for the rest of us, if you just keep your, your eyes closed and your heads bowed, freedom comes from knowing you're a child of God. Freedom comes from knowing that God loves you with no condition, with no asterisks attached. And this morning, I want to pray for people who maybe haven't, who maybe need to be confident in that. And you don't know that. You maybe did know it and, and it went, or you think, I just, I want to know that I know. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, you just raise your hand and I'll, I'll pray for you where you are. Father God, I thank you for your reckless love. I thank you for your reckless love. Your love that sent your one and only son to be, to be the perfect sacrifice for all of us. And Father, I pray now through your through your Holy Spirit, that you can, you can bring that assurance to everyone who raised their hand. That confidence, Father, that they can approach you with boldness. That where, that where you've deleted past mistakes and past failings, that, Father, that in their mind they can delete it. That they can forgive themselves just as you've forgiven us. And that, Father, that you raise up here a church that is confident, that is self-assured, that stands boldly because we know who we are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website, 